Murphy's Bedtime Stories. Murphy's Chapter 9. Polly and Friday ride into town. Polly and Friday ride into, in, into town. Um, also, um, this is not a virtual edition, by the way. Back at the cottage, Polly was telling Friday O'Leary all about the danger Jake was in. Friday listened carefully, saying things like, hmm, and yes, I see. Finally, Polly finished her story and looked anxiously at her new friend. Hey, Dad. Yeah. He was lost in thought, twirling an imaginary mustache, which he thought made him look like a detective. He was lost in thought, twirling his imaginary mustache, mustache, which thought, which he thought made him look like a detective. Polly felt sure he was working on a brilliant plan. Tell me, Polly, he said at last. Do you fancy a game of tennis? Tennis, said Polly. What about Jake? Surprise! Exclamation! Surprise! Exclamation! I'd forgotten all about that, said Friday. There's no time to lose. With that, he disappeared into the cottage and slammed the front door shut. Five minutes later, the door was flung open again, and there stood Friday, dressed as a tennis player. Hey, Dad. Here, he said, handing Dad. Polly a racket. You can serve first, because you're the guest. Dad. Oh, Monsieur O'Leary, said Polly as patiently as possible. But we've got to say... We've got to save that big dog, Jake, like I told you millions of times just now. Oh, yeah, said Friday. Sorry, let's go. He threw down his tennis racket, jumped onto his motorbike, kick-started the engine, and zoomed off like the devil himself. But a good devil, not an evil one. Hey, said Polly. Aren't you forgetting something? Oops, said Friday. He spit off on a motorcycle without her. Oops, said Friday. And returned to pick her up. Polly climbed into the sidecar and strapped on her helmet. Hold on tight! The truth is a lemon meringue! shouted Friday. And away they went. It was a long ride into. Well, Friday's his first name and O'Leary's his last name. And who knows what his middle name is? It was a long ride into town. They passed hills and lakes and rivers and meadows of Scotland. And Scot- <laughs> uh, they're in England. They passed hills and lakes and rivers and meadows in Scotland. Oops, said Friday. Wrong way. They, they weren't supposed to pass Scotland. Wait, they were in what? They're in, well, they're in England. England's a country. And so is Scotland. So they passed hills and lakes they and rivers and meadows country. in Scotland. Yeah, they accidentally passed a different country. Oops, said Friday. Wrong way. And off they belted in the opposite direction. Hey, Polly, shouted Friday over the noise of the engine. What did you mean earlier when you said that Jake had once saved your life? How do you know I said that, said Polly. There wasn't no one around when them words came up my lips. It's all in this book I'm reading, said Friday, pulling a copy of You're a Bad Man, Mr. Gum, from his pocket. You mentioned it in Chapter 5. At that, Polly's face grew excited and her hair grew long. Polly's face grew excited, and her hair grew longer. Why? Maybe it says what's good. What's going to happen to Big Jake in there? She Wait, said. Dad, is this your bad man? This is your bad man, Mr. Gum, and Friday O'Leary is reading the book. Your bad man, Mr. Gum. Maybe it says what's. What does going to happen to Big Jake in there? She said. It says. It said he pulled a copy of You're a Bad Man, Mr. Gum, from his pocket. 
Don't talk of what may be in the future, little miss, warned Friday. Tis unwise, tis unwise. So, hmm. Should we go back and check? Yeah. Okay. Um. I love that dog. Watch out, cause it's true. I loved him, and what's more, that dog saved my life once. And now I'm not gonna stand by playing in a hedge. Oh, she didn't actually say. That was chapter five, but she didn't say. Um, no sooner had he said, "'Tis unwise," than Polly read those very I words on the page. Yeah. Oh, please, oh, please, let's look at the, in that book, said Polly. Uh, she sounded so upset that Friday stopped the motorbike at once. Okay, he said, opening the book to the same page. That you're reading right now but tis unwise tis unwise no sooner had he said tis unwise than polly read those very words on the page as polly read about herself reading about herself the strangest feeling came over her it felt like diving into a swimming pool full of rice <laughs> it felt like diving into a swimming pool full of rice in complete darkness only the swimming pool was inside a mirror and the whole thing was a dream in someone's head well it fe felt a bit like that it's hard to describe with shaking hands, Friday turned to the last chapter, only to find that the pages were completely blank. The future hasn't been written yet, said Friday, starting up the bike again. Tis not for us to know. Twice unwise, twice unwise, said Polly. Hey, I wanted to say... Oh, hey, I wanted to say that, complained Friday, revving the engine. Don't steal my lines. Anyway, how did Jake save your life? Oh, it was the usual sort of thing, said Polly as they zoomed off once more. He rescued me from a burning. <laughs> he rescued me from a burning centipede. What? He he res oh, it was the usual sort of thing," said Polly as they zoomed off once more. "He rescued me from a burning centipede." A burning centipede. A burning centipede. Eventually, Polly and Friday O'Leary reached down. Wait, was it? Uh, no, like um, sort of like a burning uh, building, but a burning centipede. A burning centipede, yeah. Eventually, Polly and Friday Leary reached town. They was a roaring and a bumping down the high street when they were spotted by Billy William the Third. Knowing how Friday was a force for good, Billy William jumped out from a shop and began pegging filthy old cuts of meat in their direction. Ha ha! He laughed as Friday swerved to avoid the cascade of gray hamburgers. This is just like bitches ducks. He picked up a bucket of tripe and sloshed it across the road. Take that, you fruit, you force for good, he shouted wildly. Hold tight, Polly, yelled Friday, as the bike went skidding in a slippery mess. Tripe attack! Friday steered for his life, but it was no use. The wheels got all gooed up with tripe, and before you knew it, he and Polly were thrown onto the pavement. Wait, what's tripe again? Does anyone know? Tripe is a... um. Organ meat, the stomach of like a cow or a sheep. Yeah. Uh, it got all gooed up with tripe before you knew it, and he and Polly were thrown onto the pavement. They lay there helpless as Billy William had the motorcycle. 
wheels. They lay there helpless as Billy William advanced with a sack of kidneys. Is this the end? cried Friday. Whoa, woe is me! At that moment, something amazing happened. A gobstopper the size of a cannonball rolled down the street. It was quickly followed by another one, even bigger than the first. Then another. I wrote mine first. All of that. It's a um, candy, like a hard round candy. All of them were hurtling with deadly accuracy towards Billy William, and they were being hurled by none other than that wonderful, wonderful seller of sweets, Mrs. Lovely. No! shouted Billy William. In desperation, he threw a kidney at her, but it missed by miles and landed in a tree. Mrs. Lovely didn't bat an eyelid. On she came down the high street, humming a pretty tune about waterfall, about a waterfall, and rolling the enormous brightly colored gobstoppers before her. Soon the street was filled with them. Billy William hopped and dodged and swore like a footballer, but there were too many, and down he went. That woman's amazing, said Friday, his eyes shining with admiration and tripe. Come on, Friday, Jake needs us, said Polly, jumping back into the sidecar. Mrs. Lovely can sort this one out. Friday jumped back on the bike, hit the gas, and off they vammed down the road, the battle still raging behind them. I made that happen, said Friday excitedly as they gunned along. I magicked it so Mrs. Lovely would appear at just the right moment and save us. Actually, he had done nothing of the sort, but he wanted to keep Polly's morale up after those terrible scenes. Also, there was a tiny boastful streak in him which he couldn't help, good as he was at the rest of time. The rest of the time. The two of them rode on in silence, and soon they came to the high white fence that surrounded Mr. Gum's garden. Any thoughts on this chapter, guys? Chapters, sure. Hmm. It's like all chapters. What? 